evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Black Girl Podcast. It's your girl, Angie Slaughter here, of course, sitting with the lovely Carol Mitchell. How are you doing, Miss Founder? I am doing very well because it's more than 50 degrees outside. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh, that snow that we got over this past weekend, I think it hit a lot of us by surprise. <laughs> we and, were not expecting Texas has it now. It has moved on over to Texas and you know, they have no clue how to handle it. Something like three, I don't know, million people are out of wow. power, power. Yeah. And, and people are suffering from carbon monoxide poisoning because they're sleeping in their cars, trying to stay warm because they have no power. It's, oh my it's tragic. Yeah. That sounds tragic. I mean, how does a place prepare for something that <laughs> never happens? Do we need to always, do we need to have a plan for even the oddest event, right? When would Texas think that they were going to get some snow? But hey, we're praying for them. They're going to get through it. It'll melt over. Um, and then maybe next year, they'll be a little bit more prepared, huh? It'll melt and then they'll have a flood because it's flat. It's not like here where we have hills and things roll down uh -oh. and into back on into the ocean because the water always seeks to get back to where it began. So it's going to roll on down. But there, they have nothing but flat ground. So the water just stands still. It doesn't roll. Wow. So they're going to have an issue when the snow melts with flooding. They're going to have yeah. to really be, be prepared for it. But I'm very glad that we're here tonight because we we have somebody that's going to warm our audience's heart. We've had some really good Crystal Stair stories these last couple of weeks because in the mm -hmm. midst of all the national foolishness, yes. which we're not even going to talk about because frankly, nobody was surprised at the acquittal. I, I don't mm -hmm. even, right. I don't even want to time. I just went, yeah. oh, when they announced it. <laughs> you knew. I know, right? It, it was only a matter of time. I mean, this was the second impeachment trials. But like you said, we are not going to waste our time. We don't have time today to waste on <laughs> Trump, okay? We have some really amazing uh, guests, as, we, as you were saying, as we've been having this whole month. And I really think that it's important. It's Black History Month, right? Let's highlight as many amazing individuals and organizations as possible, right? Right. Um, I mean, that's what the IBJ is here for. That is what the Black Road Podcast, part of our platform, are these crystal stair stories. But before we dive in, it is the Black Road, you know, and it wouldn't be right unless we were sharing some information that could really benefit our community. So Carol, update us on some legislation. We need the community to really be, you know, to really be keeping their eye out right now. Um, what can I say? I think Crosscut, uh, the online uh, newspaper, said it best when in an opinion that they wrote, they said that it's like lipstick on a pig mm -hmm. because our King County prosecutor and our Pierce County prosecutor have joined with 13 or 14 other prosecutors across the nation trying to avoid doing something that is probably one of the most helpful changes in the law that um, 
could support juvenile justice. Mm -hmm. And black and brown children, people of color, 80% of those mm -hmm. in King County who stand in front of a judge as a juvenile, 80% of them are people of color. And so that the change in the law that basically says that judges need to have the discretion to treat that child as a child and not treat them as an adult for purposes of sentencing. Now, it's not to say that young people don't commit adult crimes, but the legislature, legislature is now trying to codify this rule that in Senate, uh, substitute Senate Bill 5120, Senator Jeannie Darnell, who is the champion of, mm -hmm. of uh, justice and accountability with respect to individuals who are justice involved. She's done a tremendous amount of work on this topic. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so this For our bill, viewers. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Our viewers that have been watching the Black Girl podcast for some time, we actually had Senator Jeannie Darnell, the same champion that we're talking about right now on our very own podcast. Like in, you know, educating us all on how felons actually can vote in the state of Washington. So she's not just a champion for juvenile um, rights, but she's also a champion for uh, prisoners' rights. She's a champion for felons' rights because she understands the historical oppression, right? She understands mass incarceration and how it's been targeting black and brown people. She's seen the studies, you know, and then she actually follows up on them and she holds these systems accountable, right? But through bills like this. So I know, uh, Carol, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just want to remind everybody that she got a track record. She's, she's you know, she's with it for sure. Right, and right. So, um, and, you know, what's the point of doing all of these studies and looking at all the data when every mm -hmm. time you have the U.S. Supreme Court, the Washington Supreme Court, who are aligned around this, and yet you have prosecutors who have decided it's inconvenient because they've got a backlog of cases because, oh, God forbid, they should have to work for the hundreds of thousands of dollars they get paid every year. Mm -hmm. They don't want to deal with all the backlog of cases because now they'd have to go back and review all of these cases where a juvenile was sentenced as an adult and where the judge did not use his or her discretion to take into consideration that that child was a child at the time that mm -hmm, they right exactly and so mm -hmm. it's a it's a it's like in monopoly go back to go right go back <laughs> right to start, exactly not collect two hundred dollars you got to mm -hmm. go back and and have another look and here's our point we believe that a child's interest in liberty, in being mm -hmm. free to grow up outside of a cage, right? That that child's yep. liberty interest trumps, hate to use that word, but right. is much more of a priority than your docket being backed up. Create a Absolutely. special docket. If, you, if you're worried about the docket being backed up, create a special mm -hmm. docket with a special group of judges that that's all they do is go back and mm -hmm. look at these sentencing cases. 
but don't give us the right. excuse that we don't have time. It's too many cases. We shouldn't have to go back and reopen all these cases. We're too busy. COVID-19. Yeah. Those arguments. You know, quite are frankly. Yeah. Quite frankly, our criminal justice system has always been backlogged, right? I mean, right. What's new? This, what is new? You knew exactly what you were getting into. I don't care. You're not what you're a prosecutor and not a public defender. So you don't think that your cases should be, you know, overwhelming. No. I mean, if if you want there to be less people. Uh, in your courts that you have to now prosecute. Well, then let's work on some other solutions that don't isn't forcing them to punishment, right? How do we cut risk on crime? You know, uh, before beforehand, right? Let's not talk about these uh, these retroactive ways to kind of find solutions. No, we have to be proactive. You know, right. we have to put resources in education, resources in social, you know, programs, right? So that we can support people so that they don't have to resort into robberies, you know, so that they don't have to resort into, right? Isn't that how you cut down your caseload? I mean, I just want to say, and then the other point about, you know, Crosscut, I love them for being so, um, you know, clear with their wording, you know, yeah. lipstick on a pig, because even the word pig has a lot of symbolism, right? But... But no, the lipstick is so true because this is the same King County prosecutor that prides himself on reducing juvenile juvenile delinquency, right? The the mm -hmm. zero youth tension. And right. well, I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you, just by saying like by charging them as adults instead of youth does not answer, that is not the the, the cure to this problem. You know, well, I guess it, I guess it does decrease juvenile detention because it puts them over in the adult system. Exactly. And until recently, they went into that system when they were barely 18, right? Now, at least, I think they stay in the juvenile rehabilitation system until they're closer to 25, which brain science tells us, neuroscience, for folks who just, you know, don't want to believe what we have to say, Check right, science, brain science, and child development says that mm. brain is still developing until a person is 25 years old, which means the same child that you won't let drive until they're 18 or 19, mm. you know, right? The, that insurance right, companies right. don't want to insure until they're 26. That same child mm -hmm. shouldn't be standing in front of a, an adult court being sentenced as an adult because they are still developing their judgment still developing they're still subject to peer pressure yeah. they're not fully 100 percent finished developing and then throw in trauma um, right having trauma in the environment they grew up in or in the communities that they're trying to grow up in all of that is at play when a child gets into the kind of trouble that would lead them with an adult charge. And let's not forget, prosecutors have a choice about what they charge that child with and whether that child will be charged as an adult, will be tried as an adult. And so mm -hmm. nobody puts a check on that prosecutorial discretion. Nobody. They can do whatever they want to do, really. I've seen yeah. cases in Pierce County where people have just sat in jail waiting to be charged 
and then they get let go, no charges filed, sometimes days and days and weeks after they were arrested. Why? Because some prosecutor has decided that it's just not that important. Well, we think it's important. Substitute Absolutely. Senate Bill 5120 must be passed in order to codify this rule that judges and courts have got to take into consideration what the brain science is telling us and treat our children as children, just like they mm -hmm. do at school, at work, there's minor work laws, right? You have laws that protect right. children everywhere else. All right, we mm -hmm. need this law to protect children in the courts. Absolutely. And we also have to pass it because if this US uh, bill is approved, right? then doesn't that also cut out anyone who's looking to reopen their case due to some of the bills and protections that we have here within the state, right? There are juveniles that are looking to have their cases reopened, right? And to have their sentences reduced because they weren't judged, right? If it, this they, bill their passed- Their chance would be gone. Their chance gone. of doing that would be gone. Mm -hmm. So it's really important for justice's sake and, you know, sometimes we have to go back and redo things as mm -hmm. laws change. I mean, if we didn't go back and do things, we would still have all white juries. Right. But the law says you need to be tried by a jury of your peers. Well, there was a very long time in our history where juries were all white. And so, yes, you do have to go back sometimes and change the rules because justice requires it of us. And it's Absolutely. not just when convenient. Justice mm -hmm. is sometimes inconvenient, yeah. but it's necessary. Okay, I'm off my, I'm off my box. <laughs> no, it's so Bill 5120. Be there or be square. <laughs> Yes, yes, because no more of our youth under 18 need to be charged as adults, period, point blank. I don't care what the prosecutors in King County believe and what the Pierce County prosecutor believes. Hey, you know, just because it's an uh, inconvenience for you, imagine the lives that you're impacting, that you're, you know, destroying, right? I mean, yeah. for the people that... And they, the don't, that are, they don't care because it's not their child, right? If it was their well, child, there would be a whole different response to this. But because it's mostly black and brown children, you know, that a lot of a lot of prosecutors, and I'm sorry to say, behave as if they're throwaway children. Fortunately, mm -hmm. in Pierce County, we've changed our probation. We've transformed probation so that we don't hold children in jail for things that, you know, truancy used to get you held at Raymond Hall. Mm -hmm. what? That's not even a crime. But it was yeah. an excuse to hold our children for a long, long time. And so wow. thank goodness those rules have changed. And now the court has said, go back and take a look at these young people's cases. Sorry if it's inconvenient and right. it's going to cause your dockets to clog up. Sorry. Do it because justice requires it. Yes. I am so happy that you have brought some good news tonight as well, because otherwise I would be in a bad mood for the rest of the week. Yeah, well, I'm glad that we're able to brighten up your week here on Tuesday. 
Well, yes, we're taping on Tuesday, guys. So <laughs> for the rest of your week, you're gonna have a great, you're gonna have a great week. Um, but yes, let's get to our special guest today. His name is Josiah John Pierre, guys. And you know, the reason why we need to support bills like, you know, the Senate Bill 5120 is so that we can have more individuals like this guy right here, Josiah. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Good, good, good. Well, no, I, I was just telling our viewers about how, you know, just amazing what you're doing with your books. Uh, can you talk a little bit about one, where you're from, uh, for all of our viewers to kind of get a little background on who you are, uh, and then what you're currently up to? Gotcha. Uh, I'm originally from the Caribbean island of Haiti. I grew up here in, C in CTAC, Washington. Uh, I'm an author, motivational speaker, educator, a mentor. I mentor youth from Pierce County to King County. I'm uh, over 100 youth uh, mentor. Uh, I have a team of mentorship where we mentor youth. And, you know, imagery of what Blackness looks like, you know, authentic manhood looks like, what, that, what does that mean? Um, you know, so breaking that imagery of what the media says and show them, hey, this is what we are, we're creators. Um, because, you know, I feel like people don't think about, when people think about um, Black people, they think of the negative messages, but they don't think about, hey, half of the stuff you have at home is created from Black people. Mm. Right. Yeah, the street light was created by a black person. Okay, that mm -hmm. peanut butter that you put on your PB and J was created by a black person. <laughs> no, I mean your fiber optic cable, your makeup, all black people. Oh yeah, we the list goes on and on and on. So I love that we have you on our show because we're really able to shine that light on the positive narrative of what young black people are out here doing right now. Right. So tell us, Josiah. You wrote two books now. Uh, mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about your first book, right? The Power of Words. Tell yeah. us about that. So my first book came out in 2016 called The Power of Your Words. Um, the reason I wrote this book was because of this. You know, by looking at me, you wouldn't notice that there was an issue with me. Um, as a kid, I was dinosaur epilepsy, uh, seizures. Mm. And um, I was told throughout the years from K to 12 to get because you're someone with epilepsy, you have a disability, you have an IEP. So who, what makes you think your story will be heard? So throughout the years, you know, I heard from educators and peers to throw it in a towel, to give up. And mm -hmm. after everything was done, I graduated, went to college with a full ride scholarship. And someone, you know, hey, how did you, how were you able to finish this race in the midst when everybody was negativity and everybody around you was speaking just garbage to, you know, how did you stick in the race and not give up? And I realized, wow. And over the other, I realized, wow, Josiah, you spoke life into your life. I, I was speaking my life. So I was speaking it so much to the point that it turned into a strong belief. So no matter what anybody else said about me, those words became my fuel to keep on going. It didn't deter me from where I really want to be. Um, and as a young kid, I always, you know, wrote my goals on paper. Right? I always tell people, hey, write your dreams on paper, write it, declare it, believe it, write it, declare it, believe it. And keep on doing it over and over and over again. So the power of your words just came to be, I wrote it because of the fact that I realized that the words I spoke over my life and declared and believed was my fuel to keep on going no matter what. Because, you know, your words have the power to create two things. It has the power to destroy and leave curses. It has the power to um, create and elevate and leave blessings. 
And if we're not careful with what we speak over our lives, we'll find ourselves reaping destructions instead of reaping blessings. Um, that's my first book. My second book, What Is Your Why Behind the Drive? I wrote this book because um, all my books are self-help books. Um, self-help, inspirational, motivational books, life stories. Uh, I, I always tell people that I may not have a piece of paper to be in your field, but my life story qualifies me mm. more than a piece of paper. Mm. Uh, so my, my second book is called What Is Your Why Behind the Drive? I wrote this book last year, um, came out in February last year. And the reason why, I, you know, I'm always on the go, right? I always tell people, hey, I'm an entrepreneur first. Right? If it's in you, it's in you. If it's not, it's not, but it's in me. And um, so I keep on going. And a lot of people were like, how did you keep on going? And why do you keep you know, doing what you're doing every single time you'll take a break? I'm like, you know what? My why is my, my reason why I got to keep on going. And I live my life like this. Live your life like it's your last day. So take, and, you know, so take that day to give your all and everything that you do. So when I'm waking up, I'm going hard because of the fact that, hey, I got a reason and my legacy depends on it, right? And I always tell people all the time, it's not your fault, your fault that these cars were given to you, but it'll be your fault if you choose to repeat it. And my why is like, hey, I can't let this carry on over and over and over again. So with me, I got to stop. With me, I have to break. With me, I got to keep on going to make sure what I leave behind after me is blessings and generational blessings afterwards. That's a beautiful philosophy. And uh, people sometimes forget that the whole, those who believe that uh, the world was created, uh, it was uh, God that spoke, right? Mm -hmm. So speaking things into existence and that creative power that's really consistent with uh, the creation of the whole world, if you believe, as I do, mm -hmm. uh, that the world was created. And so I'm wondering, what, what was it that you spoke over yourself? Did you say author? Did you say NFL football player? What did you say that um, has now manifested in the life you're currently living? Okay, so I was in eighth grade. Um, I'm only 20, so I was in eighth grade at Chinook Middle School in SeaTac, Washington. And I watched Mother to King. Before that, I always seen assemblies, multi-king assemblies. But for some reason this time, I watched a video. First few words. And what I realized about that is the key word there is have. So no matter what time it was, no matter what day it was, his word always, I have a dream. And usually when we have dreams, we tell our friends or our coworkers, we're like, I had a dream, we could pass tense. But his was very present, no matter what time it was, which reminds me, hey, he has a vision. So I remember sitting in the eighth grade, I was asked, you're, you're someone with epilepsy, you, you have IEP, special need, what can you do? Right? I have an option to either, you know, let the circumstance determine my final message in my life, or let that become a fuel to why I keep on going to do something different about it. So I tell myself, I have a dream that one day I'm going to empower communities. I'm going to, you know, travel around the world and speak and empower and become some of an influence. I have a dream that I'm going to speak in city halls and city events. I have a, you know, and this, this is me declaring I have my half statements. And I just keep on writing on paper, declaring it, believing it. And they, so from there on, what happened was at 17 years old, my senior year in high school, I got asked to be one of the keynote speakers out in Kansas City, Missouri at an OSHA conference which is for American School Health Association in Kansas City, Missouri, where I was one of four young keynote speakers. 
speaking in front of a thousand educators, lawyers, doctors, businesses around mental health. Also, um, how to talk to young teens of teens awareness. Um, from there on, what, I, what happened is I started, I started finding myself um, manifested different things. So at 17, when my first speaking engagement, at 19, at 18, I, I worked at the higher education student ambassador where I traveled around and spoke with kids from King County to Pierce County. And I was working at Highline College at the time as a student ambassador where I share my story. And I share my story to young kids, young boys. And I realized, yo, Josiah, your story needs to be heard. Your story is powerful because people don't believe they can because of the circumstance. So I'm able to use my story as someone who was, hey, I didn't have the best relationship with my father. But look, mm. I didn't, go, I, you know, I was in a system where, you know, the government system, but look where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. I want to go to share my story, tell these kids, hey, your final message. You still got, there's still hope, there's still breakthrough for you, there's still a chance for you. Um, at 19 years old, my first book came out. <laughs> um, <laughs> then, you know, my second book came out after that. I have two more books coming out. Um, pretty soon. Um, the now, third are book, you self-published or do you have a publisher and an editor and all that other stuff? And yes, how did so you I, get how'd you get all of that? Yeah, so I have a I have I, I have editors who edit my books and edit and cover magazine, but I self-publish it. I'm an indie author. I self-publish mm -hmm. it and do all the everything myself, but I do have people who edit it before it goes out. Well, uh, wow. well NK had a had a stat about you. She had a, a stat about one of your accomplishments that you are on a very oh, yes. special list. Definitely, no, you he was definitely on a very prestigious list. But before I wanna before we just kind of you know get to the good stuff, how did you become a self-publisher? Can we, you know, share that information with our viewers, you know, for those other young, inspiring authors? I know that there might be some online routes. What was the route that you took if someone has an idea for a book, how can they uh, become self a self-publisher? Yeah, so um, there's many self-publishing companies out there. So what I did was I used CreateSpace, which is through Amazon. Um, so I wrote my manuscript, wrote my book, and I, I went to search around. I did a lot of research about self-publishing and publishing. Um, self-publishing, you, you own it. It's more you, you do it yourself, you do the work yourself. If you go to publishing companies, you know, they, it's like a, it's like a cut 80, 20. So you might go ahead and go to a publishing company. They keep 80%, you keep 20%. And oh, they I'm, keep 80%. Oh, so no. Good. And, <laughs> and, and Janae thought that 80 was on your side of the back. I, 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 was, I was like, I can take my 20 off. I'll tip it off to the big guy, you know, but I'll keep the 80. It really all depends on the publishing company you go with, where they where they keep majority of the, of the pie because of the fact they do all your marketing, they do all your PRs, they do all the hard work that you wouldn't have to do as an indie author. Um, but myself was like, the reason why I came into the industry of writing is I'm already booked as a speaker. more information about what I talk about. Hey, Josiah, uh, can you say that again? We, we lost that segment about why. <laughs> right in there, you, you oh. left out just a little bit. So can you repeat gotcha. that? The yeah, reason so the, why you did self-publishing is? Yeah, the reason why I did self-publishing is because people already booked me as a speaker and always ask me, hey, how can I get more information about what you have to say, what you have to do? So I was like, you know what, let me write a book about it. And uh, from there on, that's the reason why I did self-publishing. But there's CreateSpace, um, 
which is different now from Amazon. Um, there are a lot of self-publishing companies out there. I'll say do a lot of research on what's best for you. Um, what, what I went through for my last book um, was a Black-owned publishing company called Life Chronicles Publishing um, with Sharon Blake. <laughs> um, if you guys need a publisher, that, that's the one I go to right now. Um, she's local in Washington State. Uh, she's a Black-owned publishing company that I use for my awesome. second book. Love it. Yeah, we would love to have her information. Maybe we could uh, post a link on the Institute for Black Justice's Facebook page because that's what the Black and Black Justice is for. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's right, Carol. That is so right. No, just this is amazing. Thank you for, you know, sharing all your tea and your story. You know, it sounds like uh, you taking that belief and that mindset, you know, along with, you know, your, your tools for success, right? Writing things down, visioning, something that you can't even see, you know, but you had, have a dream, right? Um, and that you've had since you were in eighth grade, working on that, continuing that grind and pushing yourself to achieve your goals has landed you on this, this list, this, 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 this list that I read about on uh, Yahoo Finance, right? They just released this article, you know, February 12th, I believe, <laughs> saying that, Desaius, you are one of the top 10 influence, African-American influencers for 2021. Talk to us about that. First of all, like, when you got on that list, like, how did that make you feel? Did that, you know, is this the end for you? Is this just the, is this the middle? the beginning of a new chapter. Um, yeah, let's shine some light on that. I was, I was in tears. I, I'm, I was in tears um, because, you know, I have a vision board, but I don't create new visions until, I'm, until my board is gone, it's done. So I was like, chapter 27 is going to be a big chapter. I don't know what it meant. So by the time before 2020 was over, my vision board was gone. It was like, everything was done. Everything was complete you god what's next like everything i see is manifesting has manifested like god what do you have next whatever you're doing god don't do it without me but i don't know what else to put down for a vision board mm. and um literally a pastor prophesied over my life before the year was over mm. and he said you have to get ready because your territory is expanding and i'm like what does that mean my territory is expanding he goes you don't know what it means but just know you have to get ready I'm like, okay, I'll get ready. So when I got when I got that um, report from Yahoo Finance that I'm one of the top, I was in tears just because of the fact that one, you can't find my message on YouTube. I don't have no marketing presence. Mm. I don't, I'm not on YouTube. So if you can find me because I don't have no YouTube videos. Mm. And, but my message has people all around me from California to Oregon, from the, all the 50 states. You know, I was featured on New York Weekly, LA Wire, The American Reporter, all recently, all in 2021. Yeah, wow. Oh I didn't gosh. know nothing. Like, whoa, what? And I'm guessing- That's God right there. That's God and moving in ways you can't even see. So when I got that notification, right? Cause number one, who's number one? <laughs> You know? Ice, yeah, Ice Cube, I saw it was number one. Uh, so that's like. So when I see who I'm sitting with and who's on the table that I'm with as one of the top 10, 
I was like, oh, wow. Like, really? Like, are you serious? Like, is this a joke? Because I'm always, I'm always in, in this, right? Each one to each one. I want to be able to reach somebody else, have them, have them get an impact and let that be the person to reach somebody else. Mm-hmm. And my goal was never, hey, I because I'm called to the front line. I'm called to this. And my thing is, if I'm called to it, I don't want nothing back in return. I want them to just get somebody else the same information that they got. Very good. I, I think I, I love your philosophy. I have a vision board too. I believe in that, but you do have to be able to see, right? You have to write that vision and make mm-hmm. it plain and then you can run with it, right? right, right. But you, you right. do have to be able to see that future. Yeah. Uh, I do like the fact too, that you wanna replicate yourself because really that's the key, right? There's only one of you. And at some point you have to be able to replicate Josias uh, in the world because maybe the next big step is to have an international presence, right? You, you seem to have mastered the United States. So now, hey, maybe it's time to go home to Haiti and see what you can do about their government situation over wow, there. Wow, yeah. With the president trying to be president for another year. <laughs> like, no, bro, your time is up. It's time to go. Yeah. I, I don't know what's wrong with us in the world where presidents don't want to leave. It's like they, some kind right. of sickness. <laughs> they thought the eviction moratoriums <laughs> included <laughs> presidential seats or something. Right. I don't know. <laughs> but, but wow. I'm, I'm wow. wondering about your, your Haitian, your Caribbean heritage and um, what your family thinks of what you're doing. Uh, did anybody expect that you would ever have this kind of fame and fortune? Um, yes and no. Yes and no. Um, you, I say that because ever since I was a kid, I'm also an evangelist. Ever since I was a kid, I've been telling folks about God. And, you know, my dad is a bishop. He is a pastor. And there's times I appreciate his church. And since I was a kid, folks would be like, come on, pastor, come on, pastor, come on, pastor. But I'm, like, I'm not a pastor. I was like, just because I know how to bring the word doesn't mean I'm a pastor. <laughs> you right. know I mean? That's a dangerous thing to call yourself if you're not called to it. I was like, I'm called to ministry, but not to run a church, not a pastor, anything like that. Um, but when folks see, see me preaching, they're like, oh, yeah, you're about to go somewhere. You're about to go somewhere. Like, you know, I see a pastor calling you. I'm like, nah, mm. it's not that. It's more- <laughs> I just, no, nah, it's not that. It's more of, you know, just going outside the four walls of the church. Um, but my mom always told me, like, use your voice. You know, your voice. Use your voice. You know, people need to hear what you got to say. My friend, my family told me the same thing. Use your voice. You know, I'm the only one in my family that was diagnosed with epilepsy. The only mm-hmm. one. I'm the only one in my family that has a disability. Mm. Well, Josias, uh, tonight, um, I think... Sometimes I think the technology operates in such a way that it tries to interfere with a message that it knows is really going to help and heal people. I, I really believe sometimes that that just happens. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to, I want you to repeat what you just said because when we get this edited, which it will be, um, okay. I don't want people to miss this prophetic word that's that you're speaking right now because i think sometimes 
our family, our friends, uh, they love us, but they prophesy something over us that really isn't the, the design or the purpose for which we were born. And so we spend half our lives living into their vision instead of living into the one that God has given us. And it sounds like you just from the very beginning were clear, you can call me pastor, but I'm an evangelist. I'm a writer, I'm an author, I'm a speaker. I'm a, you know, I'm a person who uses my words to heal and to help. So please repeat what you were saying about uh, the family sort of thinking that maybe this was a pastor about to be born and you saw um, just a little differently. Well, exactly. So since I, was, since I was a kid, I've been telling folks about Christ since I was a kid. Um, I got suspended in school for telling folks, Jesus loves you. Um, but I wouldn't get suspended for fighting, though, in elementary school. I would get suspended for telling folks, Jesus loves you, but I would not get suspended <laughs> for fighting somebody. Uh, <laughs> so basically what happened was um, I've been doing evangelism work since I was a kid and my dad is a bishop he's a pastor and he has he had his own church and I would preach at his church at times and the Haitians and also the non-Haitian pastor I was like no I'm not a pastor I, was like, I know I'm called to them called to be outside the four walls of the church but not within the church mm-hmm street ministry that's my thing going to street ministry and going to you know the highways and byways where folks want to go to relay a message and that was me and i knew that i knew i was called to to that so from there on um what's been going on is you know i'm the only one my family that was diagnosed with epilepsy the only one with a disability in my family um and from out from a kid my parents will always say yeah you got a message you got a message don't, don't stay silent because the devil wants to silence you. My, my, my father always tells me this. The devil wants to silence you. You have a calling in your life and make sure you tap into the calling because the, God, the devil will do anything they can to make sure you don't step into what you got to do. And as much as my parents always say, pastor, 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 I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> and I'll come. It's not that I'm rejecting it. It's just that I know it's not what God has for me. Yeah, you have to be clear about your own purpose. And like you said, you wrote it down. You wrote that vision down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I know, Anjanae, we, we can't go too much long, longer here, but I, I want to make sure that, Josias, we once again get the name of your two books and where people can find them um, and buy them for themselves. I don't know if you have, if they're electronic books or downloads or if there's a you know, old school physical copy for people like me that actually like to feel that book and smell it. Yeah. There's an old school physical copy. Hallelujah. <laughs> um, so if you go, you could go to Barnes and Noble, Amazon. It's really on every online major bookstore um, online. We just put my name, Josiah Jean Piero, pop up on Barnes and Noble right there. Also on Amazon for you also. I love it. Love it. Well, thank you again, Josiah, for joining us today. You are a counter narrative that just, you know, goes against any sort of stereotype for a Black man, right? We really need, going back to our legislation, right? This is why we have to protect our young Black men from being charged as adults, right? It would take away their future. And look, Josiah is here from Washington State. 
you know, went to SeaTac uh, and Federal Way School District, public school districts, right? Had an IEP. This does not mean that, you know, he needed to go down the route of criminality, right? Instead, he was able to take his education and his mindset and really transform that into a product, right? Into, into health uh, and healing for other people. So we have to protect our Black men out here. Josias, thank you again for stopping by the Black Girl Podcast. Um, we wish you the best of luck on your future endeavors and books that you have to come. Carol, is there any last words that you have for Josias? Uh, I just want to say that um, I'm always thrilled. Um, you know, I'm a I'm a big fan of Anjanae's because she's she's got her own crystal stair story and just it's such a beautiful example of what is possible when people young people just focus in on the purpose for which they were born. And so we're just pleased to be able to highlight you tonight. Thank you for using your life the way that you're using it. You're touching so many other young people just by your mere presence on the planet, just by being who you are and uh, using that voice of yours to help and to heal. So thank you so much, Josias, Jean-Pierre. Very thank nice you. to meet you tonight. You too, thank you for having me. <laughs> All righty, guys. Well, Carol, if you don't mind, let's put Josiah's back in the waiting room and let's close our viewers out. Um, we're going into our last week of February. This is going to be, we're closing out Black History Month, guys. Yeah, bye, uh, <laughs> And we're going to do it. We're going to do it with a bang. I think our next episode, Carol, we, we're going we're gonna to just have a discussion. We've been featuring a lot of beautiful stories and organizations, um, but I think it's time for us to get down to some talking, right? We need we need a little dialogue. Yes, yeah. especially about all of these police accountability bills that mm -hmm. you know, and and there's all sorts of foolishness around it because right there are these limits that the legislature even wants to place on the number of bills and deciding that if a bill is gonna be controversial and take up too much time, then maybe it won't get off the floor. Just foolishness like that. Yeah. Using, yeah. using COVID-19 and uh, you know the volume of work as an excuse for not doing the job for which you were elected. Hey, if you've gotta work past 4.30 to get it done some days, then work past 4.30. You are there exactly. to mm -hmm. serve the interests of the public. We elected you to do that. So don't tell us COVID-19 prevents you from carrying out mm -hmm. the duties of your job. Just, you just gotta put, you gotta get creative, get innovative, learn how to use technology like Anjane has trained me to do. <laughs> so you can get yep. the job done. All right. Uh, absolutely. Senate Bill fifty one twenty. I want to. I'm just going to repeat that, and maybe we'll talk more about that too next week. Sounds good, Carol. I'm all for the conversation, and I still want to just shout out our Freedom Summer Symposium, yes. guys. This leadership symposium. We're working hard behind the scenes, but we got some you know juicy content coming out to the public here soon about this event. It's going to be huge. Uh, it's going to be paid, right, for a select number of 18 to 35-year-olds that are passionate about their community and want to see 
some substantial change. So stay tuned for all upcoming information about that. Um, and that's it for today's episode of the Black time. Road. Yeah, we'll see you next time on the Black Road. See you then. Bye, guys. Bye.